Welcome to the Postcard Academy. Each week on this travel show, I talk to people who've packed up everything to start a new adventure in another part of the world. You'll learn how they did it and get the inside scoop on finding the best food, nightlife, and cultural experiences in the most interesting places around the globe. I'm your host, Sarah Megatel, an American who spent the last seven years living and working abroad in Italy and the UK. This series is meant to help you get the most out of every vacation and to inspire you to pack your bags and set off on the journey of a lifetime. Today I was speaking to Veruska Anconitano, who traded Italy's sunny skies for the charm of Ireland's vibrant capital city, Dublin. She's a freelance journalist and marketing manager who's partnered with brands on some pretty cool projects. And on this episode, she'll talk to us about how she got her start in Ireland and shares her best recommendations for Dublin, including a fantastic brunch place that tourists don't know about yet, so don't tell anyone. I will link to all of her suggestions on postcardacademy.co, so don't worry about writing anything down. All right, let's jump to my conversation with Veruska. Thank you for being here. So tell me, how did all of this get started? How did you decide to move from Italy to, to Dublin and why? Actually, I always had a strong connection with Ireland. I don't know why, but when I was younger, one of the first holidays I did was alone. I was in Ireland and I was 14 years old. So long time ago. <laughs> it's always been one of the places where I, I don't know, I have a special connection with this place and when I met my husband he felt the same so we started come here for holidays and I started with just three days then one week then two weeks then almost a month and then six seven years ago almost eight we decided why don't we go there just for a couple of months just instead of spending summer in Italy where it's too hot, uh, let's move there so we can improve our English uh, and blah, blah, blah. And yeah, suddenly we decided that I think the day before we had to come back to Italy or two days before, we just signed a lease for an apartment and then it's almost eight years. So I don't know, actually, it was everything was pretty straightforward. <laughs> so it started out, you wanted to learn English and then you just loved it too much to go back home. Yeah. Yeah, let's say yes. So tell me a little bit about how, as an Italian, you're able to live and work in Ireland. How does that work? So being Italian means I own a European passport, so there's freedom of movement, so I can work here without any problem. Basically, there's no limit, no bureaucracy here. That's one of the best things of this place. You just do everything online. You don't even need, if you don't want, you don't need an accountant. You can do everything by yourself. So it's pretty straightforward as soon as you, of course, own a European passport. Well, it sounds like it was quite easy for you to get started. So what are you doing over there? I'm a freelance journalist, travel and food journalist and a freelance online marketing manager. So basically I can work from wherever and whatever I want. And being freelance here is easy because the legislation helps you to manage everything in a simple way. So no no taxes, the taxes are very low and you can manage your flow, working flow very easily compared to Italy and compared to many other European countries. Basically, that's what I do. I travel the world and I write about food and experiences. So I work with magazines, mostly Americans at the moment. And then I'm a consultant for different companies uh, 
Americans as well. So I work with a lot of <laughs> Americans. Why? I don't know. Yeah. Do you have a favorite campaign that you worked on this summer? It looks like you were doing a lot of traveling. Was that for work or mostly for pleasure? Uh, it's a mix every time. I think uh, I don't recall uh, in the last couple of years uh, a ho- proper holiday because every time I go, there's an assignment some way or I find an, ang- an angle uh, so I can write something about or pro- produce content. But this summer I work actually on two things. One was the I did this road trip in Romania which is this uh, not-so-famous country in Europe, in Eastern Europe, which is amazing. I didn't expect. I was in Bucharest, the capital, in May, and was pretty unexpected. So when they offered me to go and road trip the entire country, I just said, yeah, why not? It's just like, let's do this. And I didn't expect anything like that, the people, the culture, very similar to Italians, uh, food everywhere, everywhere. You can eat uh, from morning till night uh, and everything revolves around the idea of uh, being together and being happy. So this was really, really, really surprising because, you know, if you know a little bit of um, history about Eastern Europe, you always think they are sad, uh, they are poor, and they they basically are like we were in the 80s or in the 70s but no they are absolutely on a different level they probably enjoy life much more because they care about basic stuff i think those are the best holidays when they really surprise you when you go in kind of with not any expectations or even low expectations and then it's i love when that happens yeah um, yeah definitely it was a great experience yes So you mentioned great food there. Obviously, good food is important for Italian people. You've got a food blog. Um, Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Is that like a way to stay connected to your your Italian roots? Actually, it started like that. Uh, It started exactly two months after I moved to Ireland. So a Sunday, I I was just alone at home. Uh, My husband was sleeping. So I said... Blogging uh, was very, very, at the very beginning, uh, seven, eight years old, uh, eight years ago. So I just said, I should open like a diary where I put all my Italian recipes and all the recipes I've lear- I will learn uh, this few months I'll be in Ireland. And it started pre- pretty much like a, a fun game. And then it evolved. Now it's actually my job, part of my job. And uh, it started as just in Italian, and then I decided uh, I started to get many requests in English from English people because basically my life is in English, even if you cannot easily understand. It's not my mother. I mean, it's not my first language. I also saw a post on ten ways that eating is different in Italy than in other places. So could you tell me a little bit about like, how is eating in Ireland different than eating in Italy? We pay a lot of attention if we eat carbohydrates. For example, we don't eat pasta and bread, uh, you know better than me. Here they eat pasta with bread. Otherwise, uh, it's not considered a proper meal. And this thing makes me crazy because every time I say, no, guys, you cannot eat. You need to do something to change your habit. And are um, they putting, like, I think it's also typical in places like America, the UK, Ireland to have salad or different, like, sides along with your pasta? Yeah, 
Exactly. Yeah. Whereas in Italy, I know it's always one dish and then another and another. Yes. Not together, yeah. not mixed on the same plate. Yeah. Probably these are the main differences. And then the fact that there's Guinness involved pretty much every time and everywhere, which is good. So uh, before the meal, during the meal and after the meal, is that what you mean? Yeah, everywhere. <laughs> everywhere, every time, uh, Guinness everywhere. Yeah, Ireland is definitely famous for its Guinness. Do they have any other drinks there that people enjoy or is it pretty much Guinness all the time? So Guinness is the most famous uh, and to be honest, it's also the most touristic one. So um, if you consider the Guinness Storehouse, the Guinness yeah, the Guinness Storehouse is the most visited place in Ireland and one of the most visited in the entire Europe. So it's a big business. But then there are many, many, many other breweries, artisanal, and also other brands like there's Mythics, for example, which is a red from the close to Dublin, Kilkenny area, which is very famous, not like Guinness, but it's famous. Then there's a big market with cider. Bulmers is the most famous. I think you guys have the American version, which is called Magners or something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. These are the main two. Then there's this big trend with the artisanal breweries and microbreweries. So many, many, many local breweries like Guinness itself just launched, just well, a year ago launched a new brand, a new small brewery, artisanal brewery, and they just experiment with beers. So this is a big trend. So we have Guinness, which is the most famous, the most touristic, the, the beer that everyone drinks, Irish for first. But then there's many more to be discovered. The gin is big here. Gin is huge. There are many, many gin factories. I don't know. I have no idea why, but it's very, 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 it's a big thing. So what are your favorite restaurants in Dublin? My favorite restaurant uh, is called Herb Street. And it's, uh, you probably have seen it in my Instagram because I featured them many, very often. It's basically my favorite place in Dublin. It's far from the most famous places. So no tourists allowed. And they only serve uh, local dishes uh, with local produce. So is this so the you, picture I saw of brunch the other day? Yes, that exactly. looks, Yeah, that did look pretty amazing. Yeah, so you can find uh, every single product they use or they serve is traceable. So you know who is the farmer, where it comes from, uh, when it's been, if it's, for example, eggs, you know when they have been taken from the chicken or whatever. So that's, and it's very Considering the prices in Dublin are quite high, it's also affordable for a family. It's family friendly, so kids friendly, dogs and animal friendly. It's it's like heaven. Oh, and that sounds like yeah, great. Like, yeah, that's my that's my definitely my place to a go. Great local place. Yes, small, cozy, nice, overlooking the water. So perfect. I'm making a reservation yeah. right now. <laughs> um where do you live in Dublin? What what is what are the neighborhoods like? Is it quite big? Uh no, Dublin is like I always describe Dublin as a mix of small towns like uh, a union of different small towns because every uh, neighborhood uh, looks like a small town. So you have uh, very old style neighbors, neighborhoods like with the 
traditional small red houses, uh, the post office, uh, the pub, of course, every neighbor, neighborhood has at least one pub. And then, but on the other side, you have this new Dublin, uh, which is the Dublin of the companies. So you have these skyscrapers uh, or new style buildings uh, and you get this duplicity of the city, but most of the city is still traditional. So you still have a sense of big community, like every neighborhood is a community. So for example, in my my neighborhood, which is very close both to the financial uh, neighborhood uh, and the city center, I have pretty much at my step door, the post office, the mini market, uh, the bar, the pub, uh, everything. It's just, uh, and uh, if I walk around, uh, I can recognize people and they can recognize me. So it's small, small town. How did you, um, when you first moved to Ireland, was it easy to make friends? How did you make friends in a totally new country? Ah, oh, that's a good question. Uh, it's not easy. Well, I, I didn't find very easy. So the main gathering for social life is the pub. But this means you have to drink and you meet loads, tons of people and you can make many, many friends. But the thing is that when we moved here, we were like average. Yeah, okay, you drink, uh, but just like with moderation, uh, nothing very special. So we had, we got to adapt to this situation, but it wasn't easy. So you have these two things. You can meet friends at work if you work on a company or a pub. Or if, like me, for example, I work, I have my office at home. So I I usually meet new people uh, during events I do for my work or during to the gym. Or I tend to be part to many things. Like if there's a cultural event, I try to go just because that's the the way I can meet new people and, and stay in contact with other people. Of course, now after eight years, uh, I have many friends. But the main, if you think that the main gathering is the pub, you can get the feeling that can be very hard if you are not a hard drinker. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned cultural events. What What's Ireland most famous for? What is it culturally known for, aside from Guinness? Music, definitely music. Music is everywhere. And it's really, really part of the cultural behavior, cultural life, basically. Music, music everywhere. Everything revolves around music, even if it's not traditional, but music on the street, pubs, uh, events, everywhere. Where is your favorite place to see live music? Uh, it's called the Willands. And it's, uh, I think, uh, I'm seeing something uh, Probably, I don't know, if you've ever seen the movie P.S. I Love You, which was pretty famous, was filmed in Ireland. It's the main place that was featured there. But apart from this, it's a great place. They have uh, two stages. So they have a normal pub and then on the back there is this live music place. And they they offer, actually they feature very, very new bands, but also famous bands. For example, I think at Sheeran made uh, one of the, his first appearances there, uh, the U2, the Stripes, uh, so many, many now famous people uh, passed by there. And it's called The Wheelhouse, is that what you The wheel, The Wheelands. The Wheelands, okay. Yeah. 
the Williams. What, what else do you like to do at night? Where else do you like to go? Personally, I love going to the cinema, to the movie. And not very, in, in Ireland, there are a few places where in Dublin where you can go. But actually, since the weather here, it's pretty strange. So you can really have days of days of rain when the weather allows. I love just to walk, walk, walk uh, and like discover or just go outside, uh, uh, just walk around the rain. The nature, there are many, many places here, very close to the city center. You can go by feet and just be in the middle of nowhere, just you and the sea. That's my favorite activity for, for give sure. Us, give us one of those tips. Pullback Lighthouse. Okay. Definitely. <laughs> yes. That's my place. It's basically this um, very old, I think uh, it was built in 18th century, kind of. This red lighthouse that's really, really huge and you can see from everywhere in Dublin. And it lays in the middle of the sea. So you, there is this big, big, big path, very long. It's like eight kilometers and you are surrounded by the sea. So when the weather is so bad, when the weather is Irish, basically, <laughs> when you have the Irish weather, you cannot even breathe because the wind uh, is so strong that you really struggle to move as well. Uh, and sometimes the sea also cover the entire lighthouse. But when the, the day is good, there's the good weather, there's a little bit of sun uh, or just a little bit, it's a little bit windy. It's the perfect place. It's just, uh, it's outstanding, it's stunning. There's this guy, this is a funny story. He decided a few, few, Years ago, he noticed that there were people going there and there was nothing. So you have these eight kilometers plus eight, and then you have to walk around a natural park for, I think, other four or five kilometers before going back to people, to, to normal life, basically. So he just said, okay, I'm going to open a, a small kiosk here and I'll only serve coffee. Now it's like the man. Everyone knows him. If he's not there, people just say, where is, where is the, the kiosk with the coffee? Where is the, the kiosk? And so he's making lots of money, but not. it's more like tradition. You go there and you have to go get a coffee from this guy. That sounds like a magical day, drinking it coffee, is. overlooking like the yeah. cliffs of Ireland. So if I'm coming to visit you for a weekend... What are my come, come. what are my absolute <laughs> must sees? What are what are we seeing this weekend? It depends. If you are a nature lover, well, with me you probably will see the entire Dublin because when I tour around with people, uh, I make them see pretty much everything. But unmissable for sure the Trinity College, where you can see the Book of Kells, basically, which is the one of the oldest uh, sacred book we have in Europe, I think, in the entire world. But I'm not sure, so don't take this for granted. And then the uh, St. Stephen Green, which is uh, a big park uh, in the middle of the city, which is pretty strange because it's it's in an unusual location uh, right in the middle of the city center. And people go there to relax. Sometimes you can find a band playing music, people doing yoga events, festival, or just laying down looking at the, at the lake. And one of the places I really, really, really love in Dublin is the Liberties. It's basically the old Dublin. It's lays 
very close to the Guinness storehouse where the, the actual Guinness is. And it's a very old brick style uh, neighborhood with these red houses, uh, old people uh, hanging around asking and looking at you and asking, who are you? Why you are here? Uh, there's, um, I think uh, it's still ongoing. I'm not sure, but kind of sure. There's a horse market uh, every Sunday, still uh, these days, in the middle of the neighborhood. So you're just walking and there are horses everywhere because there is the market. And there are traditional shops, uh, pretty much um, not no tourists around uh, because it's a very kind of dodgy. If you can pass me this term, uh, it's, it's not perceived like a safe place, uh, even if it is. But, you know, tourists, sometimes they don't get that if something is not perfect, uh, it's still uh, acceptable and it's safe. So, so, you th- it's- so you would say that it's safe, but it looks a little dodgy, but it's still exactly. <laughs> a good yeah. fun place to go. Yeah, it's, it's an amazing place. And the neighborhood's called the Liberties. Yes. And you mentioned cute little shops. I love a good cute little shop when I'm visiting a place. Is there any shop in particular that you would recommend And then also, if I wanted to bring home a a gift for somebody, what would be a good keepsake from Ireland? One of the shops I love, 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 and if if you're a woman, uh, you love for sure, it's it's called Carousel. So it's this uh, Irish designer girl. She decided to invest uh, when there was the big crisis here, and she opened this shop uh, and she made... uh, uh, homemade and no hand and craft dresses, so tailored dresses uh, using uh, um, let's say everything Irish. So she used cotton or silk. Everything is from Ireland. Uh, every uh, piece uh, is unique, and it's right in the middle of the city center. So you can get an original and authentic and unique piece of clothes. Right in Dublin. Carousel, that sounds fantastic. Carousel, I love it. I love it. <laughs> love, love, love. Um, well, I usually classify gifts, touristic gifts, uh, in two ways. So if you're a pure tourist, uh, then you have to buy something in Carol's, which is the gift shop, the Irish gift shop, where you can find uh, Guinness mugs, everything like the Lucky Charms uh, or the what's called the, um, the keyring uh, with the um, shamrock, uh, you know, Ireland shamrock. So everything a uh, classical tourist uh, would buy when visiting. So every everything. If you are a much more sophisticated or a little bit more niche tourist, go for food. Buy salmon for sure. Buy uh, Guinness-based or beer-based uh, biscuits, butter, butter, butter. Irish butter is just uh, another level. It's absolutely amazing. So if you come home with a piece of Irish bread, soda bread, some Irish salmon and some butter, you'll be the happiest and you'll make your friend, family very, very happy. What makes the butter so special? I don't know the code. I think the ships. I have no idea, but it's so good. Now you've got this dress on my mind. <laughs> and I, I love supporting local people. And I love a good food market, but also a good market with local designers. Do you? Does Dublin have anything like that? 
there are many, many, many. Every weekend, there's, well, there's an ongoing, mar- ongoing market, designer market called George's Arcade. And it's basically, it's very, very old English style. You can find jewelry, uh, clothes, everything Irish and traditional. And it's actually in the design uh, neighborhood. So there are also uh, prints, uh, pictures, everything. Every now and then, I think every month or so, there is a designer market uh, in the north part of Dublin where people uh, just go and put and sell their stuff like jewelry, jewelry, again, clothes, everything. But everything uh, has to be Irish based and Irish made. So no Chinese things. No imported things like I cannot go and sell, for example, Italian cookies, just Irish things. Are there any other cultural offerings like theater? Is theater big in Ireland or museums? What what do you guys have going on over there? Well, there are lots of collateral events and very underground events. So underground theater, not many museums, but there are some. There is something. Uh, I wouldn't say it's massive, uh, much more underground theater, underground uh, or like dance uh, or like, for example, now on Friday, we have the culture night. So the entire city becomes a cultural hub. So there are musicals, uh, music uh, or theaters, everything on the street for free. So it's just at this time of year. Yeah. Tell me more about this underground theater. Do you go to any of these? Yeah, there's a, a theater called uh, Abbey Theater, and they do all these, um, how do you say, weird, not weird, more, yeah, let's call it like that, <laughs> <laughs> replica of famous show, like James Joyce show, or traditional classical shows, classical pieces, revisited, reviewed, revisited uh, in a modern way. So like, for example, feminism, with a feminism touch, uh, or with a LGBT touch, everything is basically revisited in a different way. And it can be surprising. Of course, you have to be into this kind of theater, this kind of experience, also in terms of music, people. But if you are, it's an experience, definitely an experience. Something different, something different to check out. Well, that is perfect. I think we could wrap it up here. I really appreciate your time and sharing all these great Irish tips with us. Um, where can people find out more about you? I'm uh, pretty much everywhere online. So I have a blog called lcskitchen.com and there you'll find all my contact, my social media profiles, everything. And I, I'm on Instagram, and but my account is too hard to pronounce. It's uh, veru.foodie.traveler. So if you go on lcskitchen.com, you'll find uh, all the links. And I will link to all of this from the podcast and then also from the show notes. So don't worry about that. (laughs) Thank you very much again. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. You'll find a blog post with all these great Dublin tips on postcardacademy.co. I've also included all the links to connect with Veruska on social. If you like this episode, please consider giving it a nice little review on iTunes. This will help people discover the show. On the next episode, one of my favorite travel experts, Crystal Dyer, will share all of her favorite travel hacks to spend less and see more of the world. So if you want to learn how to score the best travel deals, make sure you subscribe to this podcast. 
If you have a question, story idea, or just know somebody who should be featured on the show, send me a message on Instagram at Postcard Academy. That's it for now. Talk to you soon. Have a beautiful week wherever you are. Hey, let's continue the conversation. Head on over to my blog on Substack for more content on how to thrive through better communication, stoicism, and global exploration. That is right. Blogging is cool again over on the Substack platform. There you can chat with me in the comments, and I have plenty of bonuses for paid subscribers, or you can just read for free. So click the link in the episode notes to access the Substack Live Without Borders.